Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Brother Bill said, I'm old, so I should have something to say. Uh, I did not say you were old. <laughs> you're an, he said you're elder. <laughs> no, but um, what I was thinking about is growing in grace. But grow in grace, 2 Peter 3.18, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And growing in grace is the only way we can grow. Without his grace, not much going forward. Amen. Uh, we want to welcome our uh, friends here, and uh, I, I told them we'd like to hear from them today. Do you agree with that? Yes. Well, don't get too enthusiastic about it. Do yes. you agree that our friends, uh, we'd like to hear from them? Yes. yes. Okay, good. That's a little bit. Some were sleeping, guys. They really like it. They do. Yeah, let's gather.
do not all have the same function. So we, so we, though many are one body in Christ and individual members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them in prophe if prophecy in, pro in proportion to our faith, if service in serving uh, the ones who, te who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in, gener in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And in these times or any times, because there's nothing new under the sun, um, just let us remember that um, we are one body. We are, we are one body in Christ. His mercy is renewed on us, and thank God for that. We um, Different functions, different gifts, different things, different ways of life, different everything. But we are one body, and thank, thank God for that. And it's wonderful. I grew up in a totally different kind of service, where um, there was churches where men and women sat on separate sides. There was um, di different kinds of understandings, um, and more um, more conservative, more liberal, different kind of um, where where I was different different churches that I have now um, come to. Um, be a guest at, and um, it's sometimes difficult to swallow that pill. Sometimes it's difficult to understand that we're all one body, we're, we're all children of God. Because sometimes it's like, well, no, I'm better, I know better. But thank God that we're all one children. There might be different gifts, there might be different communities, different things, but we're all one body. And let, let, may God the Lord help us remember this and stay, to, stay true to that understanding that we are His children. Thank the Lord. Amen.
and we have uh, plenty of guys right now, so Chung will come in here, we're transferring them from the California because uh, the probation period takes like up to 90 days to prepare all ducks, it's kind of hard to do it, but uh, more guys coming to Alaska, they decided to change their life totally and uh, they want to get a fresh start here in Alaska, so which is a good blessing for them. And definitely uh, we have some plans and we will probably talk to brothers in the morning, uh, Monday morning meeting, so how we see that, how we see the future together, so what we, what we can do more probably because we see that God, he uh, gives us more opportunity to serve to refugee right now. No more refugees coming to Delta Junction from Ukraine. So, and those people, they require our help as well. So we see like God give us new opportunity to help somebody, so definitely we want to use it, right? So we cannot reject to help somebody because that's our calling as Christian people. If we count ourselves, the children of God, the children of our kings, so we have to help. I would like to read a little bit from the Bible to put some foundation for the short speech, and it's going to be it's going to be the um, the message from Apostle from Ephesians, right? Yeah. Ephesians. Yeah. I don't speak much in English, so that's why maybe some words. Forgive me, second language. You know? <laughs> yeah, and um, you know that. Uh, that message, Apostle Paul, he wrote from the prison. He was in prison during the time, but he would like to support the Christian in this city, and he wrote the message. And he sent that message to give them some knowledge. And that knowledge is supposed to bring like good growth in knowledge of Jesus. And Christian in this city they were really well prepared for Christian life because when we read the book of Acts, we can see that Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul, right? Apostle, right. Apostle Paul, he said he trained the leadership for three years with cry, with tears, working hard to support them to establish good leadership in the city. And because of this investment, the whole province heard about Jesus, and it was very healthy church, comparable to Corinthian church. You remember? Yeah. Corinthian church was really fun church. <laughs> so, today it's kind of maybe even hard to say that was a church, because some people in this church, they didn't even believe in the resurrection. Yeah. And like, dude, what's the point to go to church if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Yeah. Like, wow. But Paul called the brothers, like, yeah. are you sure? There are brothers. They don't know in the resurrection. Paul, are you sure? Yeah, he was really sure, and he called them brothers, and he tried to change their mind and vision about Jesus and bring correction in their faith. So it's kind of the same message in uh, Ephesians uh, to those Christian people. And I would like to read um, uh, chapter 2, uh, verses... Uh, from 8 to probably 10 and 11. For my grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Thanks, Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't need to do anything to be saved. That's a huge 
blessing, and especially, you know, I came from Soviet Union, former one, and the theology of most of the Christians in Soviet Union, unfortunately, mistakenly, they believe you have to add something to the cross, you need to bring some good deeds, to be, for sure, you know, to, to have assurance you are safe. And because I've got my education through American seminary, through American teachers, we've been taught like differently because they said, hey, nothing you can add to cross. It's only, it's God's work, it's not you. You can just rely on the cross. But other guys, sometimes, they have different beliefs and they say, no, you need to do something good to prove that what Jesus did on the cross is really worse for you, for your salvation. No, 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 no. We believe this is a gift. And we accept this as a gift what God gave us. Just simply believe. That's it. I believe strongly, I'm not sure about you, but I believe strongly our deeds is just to get reward in the short of life. This kind of like rewardable thing which what God will give us for our loyalty to his plan. We have all of us, we have a God's purpose, and definitely God, he organized the plan for all of us. And in this plan, we have to play maybe small, maybe big role, but we have to play. We have to invest in God's kingdom, something. So that's the purpose of salvation. And Paul's saying, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amazing. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's the purpose of salvation, as I understand. God created, through salvation, he created you to do something good. And in the beginning of the chapter, we can see our condition before God saved us. We were dead. That's a spiritual condition of any person who comes in this world. Any, any person. Spiritual is that he needs God's touch to become alive again, to become a son of God again. That's my understanding. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe bring correction to my faith, please. And that brings me uh, some information from the gospel. I remember when Jesus he he went through the small town named Nine. Nine. Do you remember Nine? When he saw the widow and her son, he died. And he saw her sorrows, he saw her sadness, and he just came to her son, he touched, and he was ready. Do you remember anything? Yeah. That's a good example of what God did to us. That that person can bring nothing to Jesus. That's a good picture where God describes what he did to us. You were dead. I just touched you. I resurrected you. To new spiritual life. To bring you birth. And now you can be able to do good deeds. That's the purpose why God saved us. To do good works. That's why he's saying next. I checked something out of the context, but it's really important. We should walk with him. Walking with him definitely requires Right? Especially for Gentiles. You know, Gentiles are special people among Jewish believers. Because 
some ethics, some moral things, is really understandable for Jewish Christian, but not understandable for Gentiles. That's why they practice many horrible things. That's why Paul saying, 11, verse 11, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ. The main word in this verse, remember. God wants us to remember something. I know we have good memories. We have good uh, memories about something what happened in our lives. I, let's say me, I remember like my first kid born. I remember when I met my wife. We have the memories and those memories basically build up our life. That's our life contained, right? Memories, good memories. But sometimes we have a bad memory, especially when we do something bad. And probably we would actually erase these memories from our hard drive, from our mind. But unfortunately, it's not really good. <laughs> it's good desire, but unfortunately you cannot do it. You cannot deliver yourself from the memories. And those memories stay in the view, just reminding uh, one thing. Uh, you don't have to do it anymore again. That's what Gentiles uh, practice in their lives. And when they get connected with Jesus, through Paul, God trying to teach them. And he reminds us, I saved you, and the purpose of this salvation, you have, you must do good deeds. Not just have, you must do good deeds. Because right now you have a status of children of the God. You are children of King of Kings, and that's your calling. So basically we have to remember something that God picked us, and we can bring good influence in somebody's life. I want to use this example from Pastor David Church, uh, Rebel Church. Uh, he used that uh, example from real life. It's a serious story. Uh, in some town, there were being uh, some young boy, his name was Johnny. <coughs> he had a like, Down syndrome. And he came up to the um, store manager and he was looking for a job. And he get some training and he put him in cashier station. And Johnny, he was a part of local church. And every Sunday he was listening to sermons and he decided to bring a blessing to the people who were in the store on a daily basis. And every time he was staying <coughs> the cashier, people staying in line, he was speaking like words of blessing. In two weeks, all the people say in Islam. I believe that God calls to speak word of blessing in somebody's life. In two weeks, people didn't want to say about lives, just hey, manager, you want? Joining to serve. It's like people were staying in line like, for two hours, just waiting when journey, you're giving the receipt, check for the grocery. It's like, oh, what a phenomenon. And manager, he uh, had like open more 
five pleasure stations. And people didn't want to go there because they want journey's blessing. I want that. You can use the guy with Down syndrome to bless other people. People's lives didn't change because he spoke more than less. And the church grew up at triple during his work at this Lord. And I'm thinking, God, you know, if you use the guy who just didn't have like any theological education, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't even have like normal ability to live normally because of his syndrome. But you use him to bless the other end. Many people got saved through his words of blessing. That's what I believe that calls to to bring blessing in somebody's life. And when we speak the word of blessing and we prove our faith by this, the Holy Spirit changes the hearts of people. Amen? And that's what God wants us to remember. Remember who you were. Remember who you are right now. Your saved person. Your key of the King of Kings. We're children of God like Peter said this morning too. And that kind of message gives me desire to serve more. And I believe we can do more together. We can we can do more good deeds together for sure. And in Delta Jackson specifically, when God gives us the opportunity to serve somebody else, I would like to have a partnership with others. Definitely something. Amen. Yeah. Let's pray. Thank you for coming. Yes, thank you. We, uh, some of you need to understand, I'm sitting here thinking of the, the goodness of God and our connection with, you know, the early time, the Russians as they flooded in here. And sometimes uh, we'll sit down and, and remind you of that because, uh, John Doofendock, years ago, woke up uh, out of a dream that the Lord had spoken to him about a specific group of Russians uh, in a specific town in Russia behind, you know, in the Iron Curtain and with all the stuff. And uh, they showed up here at our doorstep from that very town. So, put that, you know, in the forefront of your thinking, because God is bringing a family forth. And I was thinking today, we want to bless all of you brothers here in a minute. We want to lay hands on you and speak into your lives. Uh, and even since I saw you last, Peter, uh, the frame of your growth is uh, obvious. Uh, and that's what God is after. The, the central message for all of us is grow up. And uh, it can be embarrassing when we see God put his finger on things in our lives that show that we're not there yet. But we do have the promise of his consistency. And I'm going to read this scripture to you and you guys take this because uh, 
the little bit I've seen. And our brother here, uh, we thank you for your heart and for your outpouring. Uh, we recognize you as our family, your family. We're yours. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to bump into each other with differences. I've been married 66 years, and I found that on occasion, Agnes does not agree with me. Every once in a while, oh, maybe every four or five years we have a difficulty. And if you believe that, uh, I'll say you a bridge over here. Here it is. Uh, Paul is speaking, and he says this, and this is, take this personal today. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, he says, because your faith grows exceedingly. And just your comments today, my friend, about Seattle and that. Uh, we have friends in Seattle. I have a lot of friends that you need to know and they need to know you. We're going to have to have a continuity and an openness across the world because it'll be an emergency to know who we can trust and who is born of God uh, in the hours ahead. Your faith groweth exceedingly which means you trust God. And the love of every one of you all aboundeth toward each other. And, and that abounding love means, means growth. We don't love anybody naturally. I was drawn to a good-looking woman. It was passion. It was primarily lust. And God had to deal with, with everything within us to bring that relationship into something that he could deal with. And so we, uh, the thing that we've seen, and then I want you to keep central on the forefront. And it's very simple, but everything of the natural soul wants to do. And the soul of God, the, the soul that God is uh, intentionally bringing to him is a soul that realizes it's not in us to do this, but we are there to be his instruments. And it must come from the spirit of God and not from the mind of man. And you're among people here. We've accomplished quite a few things. God has helped us. And from the exterior, <clears throat> it may appear that we are really a spiritual crowd. But all of us, when we see the reality and the growth that God is requiring and the dying to our way every day, it is a humbling circumstance. And I just feel... I'm so gratified for you guys to walk in here today on a Saturday morning and just open your hearts and show your friendship. It goes back to, to Dufendop's dream. It goes back to the little Russian family that we bought a home for. It goes back to the time when I sat in meetings where the men were over here and the women were over here.
religious starch was <coughs> impossible to get through. And I want to say this, and I know that our people are with you, and that is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. You are free. You're not under men. There will be men that you'll be accountable to and talk to. And I talked to you, uh, Peter, today, so I've known you forever, because we, we don't have, uh, we don't find many deep-rooted people who are ready to lay down their lives. You're a rare bird, okay? There are a lot of people who are infused with information about all the great things of God, but as far as laying their life down, that's rare. It's difficult. 